Hello, fellow dirtbags, deplorables, and patriots. High Crimes Podcast, Episode 11, Medicine and Politics with Dr. Richard Moss. So it is reasonable at the uh, anniversary of 15 days to flatten the curve uh, the famous uh, uh, phrase that Anthony Fauci, the Ayatollah Fauci, one of the most uh, corrupt um, bureaucrats we have ever seen, uh, who has done incredible damage to the country. Uh, it was here where we spoke of, where we first heard the phrase, 15 days to flatten the curve. And the idea was that there was concern, and by the way, that date was March 16th, so we're a few days after the actual anniversary. But <clears throat> that statement came out at, at the time, you know, roughly three years ago, and the idea was that there was concern about overwhelming the healthcare system, you know, the intensive care units, the respirator, you know, the ventilators, uh, and other things uh, that, you know, it would lead to mass death and, uh, again, the inability of the healthcare system to manage the incredible numbers of cases that was going to be coming through uh, as the the virus surged. And so we wanted to flatten the curve, which is to say flatten the surge of cases. And and so we had the 15 days in which everything was shut down. And I remember in my small town how incredibly desolate it was. It was uh, almost sort of uh, apocalyptic. Um, uh, just uh, the utter stillness uh, of the streets and the complete, you know, shutdown of everything. And in a way, you could justify that call for 15 days just to see. You know, none of us knew for sure what was going to happen, how bad it would be. You know, the data wasn't really quite in at the, at the time that... For most people, the virus was more or less like a bad flu and uh, did not represent the, uh, the great threat uh, to human health that it was uh, portrayed to be. Um, you know, we now know, and it wasn't that long into it that, that we discovered that and, and really knew that if you were under 70 and in good health, your risks were extremely low. And if you were under 18, forget about it. If you were a child, forget about it. Uh, there was minimal, minimal, minimal risk. Um, but okay, at that time, we did not know. And so <clears throat> the problem that arose... I believe, was when Fauci asked for another month. You know, that was when the whole thing became established. You know, what, 
we know of today as you know COVID and the era of COVID and you know the lockdowns and shutdowns and the incredible destruction uh, on so many levels that occurred because of those policies that were implemented or pursued by 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 Fauci and, and then Trump went along with it. Uh, unfortunately, that, that was his mistake because I think his instincts were the opposite. But understanding that we did not know what to make of the virus and maybe the data wasn't quite in yet, you know, who really was at risk and who wasn't. Uh, so perhaps it was forgivable to do that for 15 days. The real mistake and, and that, you know, the event or the policy that launched, you know, the, the whole era of COVID was when they extended it another month. <clears throat> so now it wasn't 15 days, it was 45 days. And, and then, you know, really, as they say, the rest was history because then once that pattern had been established, uh, then states began to implement that and schools and colleges uh, and businesses and corporations, uh, governments at all levels uh, felt uh, at liberty to embark on an utterly destructive and also uh, unprecedented and experimental uh, policy that has done so much damage. And there too, uh, Trump must own up to it because he allowed the first 15 days, which, you know, I would grant him some slack on that. Uh, the mistake was to go another month. And as, as they say, you know, the rest, uh, well, you know, the rest is history, but, you know, that gave the precedent and the justification for all of these power-mad um, politicians, you know, at whatever level, uh, you know, state governors and legislatures and and then at the federal level, and, and then, you know, we should say also at the county and uh, local level, uh, just to embark on this utterly experimental, unprecedented policy of shutting down the entire economy, um, locking everyone down, uh, closing our schools, social distancing, um, contact tracing, um, and interestingly, simultaneously, the war against early treatment, where um, evidences and examples of very common uh, generic and inexpensive medicines that were found in, you know, limited studies, uh, often sort of anecdotal experience. But, you know, that's how it starts, by the way. You know, it's uh, it's fine, you know, the uh, randomized controlled trials, the RCTs, uh, you know, we you don't always have the time to do those. Those are expensive. They take time. And you know, there was an emergency uh, going. And so, you know, maybe you use uh, local standards, you know, a, a few doctors that 
uh, or even one doctor like uh, Dr. Zelensky that tries a certain protocol. He talks about hydroxychloroquine and zinc and vitamin D3, and he uh, you know, found success uh, and uh, efficacy with it. And so what was the big hysteria about it, uh, you know, that you were not even allowed to bring it up? And to suggest it was, you know, to bring all sorts of calumny and scandal and uh, uh, derision uh, upon you and to be censored and to be shut down yourself, let's say, on the social media platforms, uh, which, by the way, happened to me as well, uh, that for another day. Um, but, uh, you know, we all went through that. And so um, I would say that it would behoove Trump, you know, somebody in his inner circle, uh, to start discussing this with him uh, because it is his tendency to take credit for warp speed, Operation Warp Speed, where uh, we, uh, you know, overcame various uh, hurdles and bureaucratic um, uh, roadblocks to prevent medicines from coming onto the market too quickly, the emergency use authorization, uh, um, which uh, led to the vaccine. But Let's say before we get to that stage, and you know that came uh, in December of 2020, and uh, I do remember that they announced it after the election because I guess their uh, Pfizer are communist, Marxist, Democrats, and so they wanted uh, the, the Democrats to win. So you know that was sort of good news that we had a new vaccine. Uh, you know, we now know it was not good news, and uh, but at the time it was heralded as good news, and so we, um, you know, I, I recall Pfizer and the others, Moderna, uh, making the announcement after uh, the Democrats uh, had safely won the White House, uh, and you know that obviously, you know, a stolen election which we can uh, discuss at another time. Um, so I think that it would be good for Trump to acknowledge the mistakes that he made and to get right with his base, because I would say at this point, uh, the Republican, conservative Trump base, the MAGA base, um, is, is not big on the vaccine. No, no, we, we don't like uh, any of the policies that went on during the age of COVID and in, to a certain extent continue to this day. Uh, we are not uh, fans of it at all. And a lot of it came during uh, Trump's uh, term, uh, and he went along with it. Uh, we mentioned again, you know, the 15 days of flatten the curve, or I will cut him slack on that. But unfortunately, uh, when he allowed it to go another month, uh, at that point, the cat was out of the bag. And uh, that was quite unfortunate because it led to the next uh, two to three years of of utter uh, medical tyranny and medical fascism 
at all levels. You know, we've talked about the collapse of American medicine, how none of them, hardly any, you know, there, there of course, are well-known heroes that did speak out against it, uh, the Robert Malones and the McCulloughs and the Peter Corries and Frontline Freedom, FLCCC, I, I believe the initials, um, you know, you know, they are heralded and acknowledged, but the overwhelming majority of American medicine, you know, from the federal level, uh, the national level, uh, to state medical boards, and then right down to your local nurse practitioner and family practice doc uh, and your local community hospital that you've always trusted to look out for you and, and uh, to do the best they could, you know, to count on them to do their best for you and your loved ones. Well, they fell down. They collapsed, and we, we talked about that as well. But much of that was a, a result of, of that extension of the 15 days to um, 15 day, what is it? To uh, flatten the curve, uh, and then extend it a month, and then for months and months and years and certain quarters, uh, and uh, all of the devastation and destruction, all the lies and the myths, you know about asymptomatic spread, that there's no such thing as early treatment, that the only effective treatment is a vaccine, like where do we ever get that idea from? Uh, you know, the the censorship at all levels and, of course, the Marxist media, the Democrat Party media, uh, but then also all of the social media platforms. I mean, you know, they may have been lefties all along, but the the real hatred and venom and anti-Americanism uh, the cult Marxism of the um, social media platforms, you know, the uh, big tech giants, you know, the Googles and Facebook and at the time Twitter, uh, uh, pre-Elon Musk um, and others that uh, just utterly censored, uh, deplatformed, demonetized anyone who would go against the regime narrative about, you know, the vaccines, about uh, the need for the shutdowns and the lockdowns and the school closures, you know, the masks, that there was no effective treatment, uh, that, uh, you know, don't, don't you dare mention hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, you will get canceled, you will be censored, you will be attacked, uh, all of those things um, uh, really, I think we can say, came as a result of the extension of the 15 days, which perhaps we should not have embarked on that at all either. But then the extension of it another 30 days, that was really the death knell of the COVID era, era of, of the whole uh, COVID fascism, COVID medical tyranny that went on, uh, all of the uh, attacks and slanders and censorship at all levels, including big tech and, and all the rest, uh, the, um, uh, the threats about uh, losing your license. And, you know, I mentioned how so many 
doctors are self-employed, and so they more or less did as they were told. We also recall all of the incentives for COVID, you know, how the hospitals really um, made off like bandits, as they say, uh, with all of the incentives to test for COVID, to diagnose someone with COVID, to claim a COVID death when they died of something else and they just happened to have COVID, not died of COVID, but as as we used to say, died with COVID uh, and all of the incentives that went along with that, uh, that uh, incentivized, you know, the whole COVID tyranny, uh, the COVID mythology, the COVID lies that were carried out by your local hospitals and regional hospitals, and of course, the referral tertiary and quaternary care hospitals, uh, and then you know, all of the rest of the medical uh, bureaucracy at all levels, uh, and again, right down to your local doctor and nurse practitioner. They all went along with it, uh, and the incentives for that, uh, very, very corrupt. And so we don't pay homage to this. We just simply recall it. And, you know, it's worth remembering, you know, the steps that uh, were taken, uh, the things that happened that led to, you know, the the whole um, era of COVID, uh, you know, the destruction that we recall, you know, the hundreds of thousands of jobs, the, uh, you know, tens of thousands of businesses, um you know, the loss of one to two years of education for our kids, all the loved ones that were not allowed to visit, uh, other loved ones who were about to die, uh, either in their nur- in a nursing home or in a hospital because of this uh, COVID paranoia and delusion that went on, the, the medical tyranny that became established at the time. And of course, the loss of life, the unnecessary loss of life, when so many of them could have been saved with these cheap, generic, utterly safe medicines. We know they're safe because hydroxy and ivermectin have been around for decades. And so, uh, you know, they're among the safest medicines in the world. They are safer than the Advil and the aspirin and the Tylenol that you have in your uh, your medicine cabinet. Uh, all of the you know all of the calamity and destruction that went on uh, because of the fifteen days to flatten the curve that became forty five days to flatten the curve that became one to two years to flatten the curve and all the chaos and destruction and the loss of life and the utter collapse of medicine uh, in America and perhaps around the world, but particularly in America, the willingness of all of our institutions, all of the hospitals and medical staffs and uh, local docs and, and, on, and on up the chain, uh, all of the associations, uh, the uh, national level organizations, the academies of internal medicine and cardiology and family practice and pediatrics, all of them went along with the lie. 
all of them brought nothing but shame and calumny upon themselves. The loss of life that was unnecessary because no one would go against the regime narrative. Um, that was the legacy of COVID and the 15 days, the 45 days to flatten the curve. All right, I wanted to make some comments about this given the anniversary of it. Um, I would recommend you to my website, richardmossmd.com, uh, richardmossmd.com. And I have the regular posting of my articles and links to where they're published, you know, in various uh, platforms, whatever they may be, Western Journal, American Thinker, uh, Intellectual uh, Takeout, which is uh, part of Chronicles, and elsewhere, newspapers and so forth. Um, <clears throat> there are many pictures of my work overseas and, and other things. Uh, I You can learn about my two books, um, one is A Surgeon's Odyssey, which is about my three-year journey as an itinerant cancer surgeon in Thailand, Nepal, India, and Bangladesh. Three years of that. Um, uh, I wish it would have been longer, but I plumb ran out of money. Uh, but even to this day, decades later, I mean to return to that life at some point. But, you know, things come along, you know, you get married, you have kids, and then your life kind of takes uh, various uh, detours. Four kids will do that. Uh, they are, of course, blessings. I do not regret it at all, but it was a change uh, in direction. Um, so check out A Surgeon's Odyssey. And then uh, my other book is Matilda's Triumph. And that is about my beloved mother, who raised her five boys as a single mom in the Bronx in the, in the old days, uh, before the age of the single mom, um, and also before the age of welfare and this and that and all the various government programs. Uh, my mother worked and supported us, um, and, and so we did not have that as an example of being dependent on welfare, which I think would have really screwed us up totally. <laughs> uh, instead of, uh, you know, all of my brothers went on in different directions, but, uh, you know, stood on their own two feet and did not learn uh, the ways of welfare dependency. Uh, and uh, again, I thank my mother for that. Um, all right, so we will catch you uh, next time. This is uh, Dr. Richard Boss. Thank you.